three, four. Hey, father. Hey, son. Making a podcast sure sounds fun. Set up the mics. Grab a cup of Joe. And let's see how it goes. Welcome back to We Were Thinking, and today we were thinking about continuing our conversation on worship. Uh, We had so much to say about this one. Um, I'm very passionate about worship as a former worship leader, and so we wanted to kind of flesh out some more of the stuff that we talked about, and I think the best way to start, Dad, is going to go back into what is uh, the, the key point that you made that I wanted to really kind of define a little more was essence versus expression. I really like that phrase, but let's unpack that a little bit more. One of the things that I learned over the years has been that difference between those two things. And I always want to give credit to my former pastor, Bill Fort. He preached this sermon at my church several years ago, and he really came down and he said, there's two things when it comes to worship. One of the things is the expression of worship. The expression of worship is how we do it what songs we sing, what do we do on the stage, what do we do to try to worship God. That's probably the how-to. But the essence of worship is the connection with God. Did the worship that we have cause us to truly worship God? Does it move us into His presence? Does it move us to where that we could truly worship Him and focus on Him instead of focusing on the expression? I'm convinced that a lot of the worship war, so to speak, especially a few years ago, came down on the expression more than the essence because everybody digs in on their favorite kind of music. I don't think that's really what we need to focus on. We really need to focus on are we connecting with God more so than how we do it. One of the things that we talked about was back in the day when I was a uh, worship leader as youth and uh, for your youth uh, worship as well, we talked about there's a difference, and we said this last time where we talked about there's a difference between a person that leads worship and a person that leads songs. And worship, like you said, I used to tell people all the time, you cannot take people where you're not going. We as uh, worship leaders should not be, uh, what, oh, I, I told our, our youth, I've been working with some youth recently, and I said, we are trail guides, not signposts. Because as signposts, you stand here, you know, we always go hiking up where you live uh, at the Pinnacles, right? And there's um, different trail markers where it's like, okay, you can go to Pinnacles West, you can go to Pinnacles East, but there's a sign there. If that sign was a person, you could ask them and be like, well, what's the view like? And they'd be like, well, I don't know. I've never been there. I just point the way. Well, what? What's? how far is it? Well, according to the sign, it's this far, but... I've never been there where a trail guide can tell you as you go, man, I've been there. I've seen this as worship leaders. That's what the essence of worship should be is I'm not saying, Hey, you go worship Jesus. I'm pulling you along and saying, as I worship Jesus, I want to show you what I've experienced. And I think a lot of times worship becomes a performance and that's when you really focus on uh, expression, not essence. The, The whole performance thing, doesn't take me into the presence of God. I can tell you that the, the performance was good, the notes were at the right place, everything looked good on stage, the lighting is good, maybe you have a, a skit or drama or whatever it comes in. All that was really good, and it was great. But if it doesn't take me into the presence of God, that's the expression, not the essence. And really, when you think about it, we've got to get back to thinking about this. 
it's not about us. That's right. It is about him. And if it's about him, then I need to focus on him, not on whether or not I hit my mark, whether or not I've looked at the right camera or the right lighting, or did I enter stage lips. I, I know that's important. Don't get me wrong. But the reality of it is, if I hit my mark, if I do all these things, but I did not connect with God, then convince me we actually had worship. And this can also be in small churches. So a lot of times we look at the big productions, and if you're not in a big production church, it's really easy to become critical and be like, well, they're all about the show. Hey, it doesn't matter about the lighting and the sound and all that kind of stuff. You can be all about the show in a church of 20 people that... You've been in the same building for 300 years, and it's Southern gospel, and it's all that kind of stuff. It can still be a show because where's the direction pointing? Is it pointing to me, or is it pointing to Jesus? It's a very fine line as a worship leader because you want to you want to lead with excellence, but at the same time you want to be a conduit for people to experience Jesus. It's such a it, it, it's it's a difficult place to be sometimes. It, well, it is. And I think what happens, and I think I mentioned this before, and that is that if you don't like my music, you don't like me. Yeah. So when I go to a worship experience or you're at a worship experience and you've, you've led things for us and we will ask you to do certain songs. Why? Because it's our favorite song. But just because it's my favorite song, if it still doesn't connect me to Jesus, if it doesn't take me back to God in worship, then it becomes a performance and you're pleasing me. It's not about me. It's not about our youth group. It's not about our audience. We have an audience of one, and that's the Father. That's why I think we really need to focus a lot on essence. Maybe we need to look at when we do songs, maybe when we do different things in our worship experience, answer the question, why? Mm -hmm. Why am I leading this song? Why am I saying these words? Why am I showing this video clip? Why am I doing all these different things? The question comes down of if I can't answer why, then maybe I don't need to do it. Mm -hmm. And we've always done it that way. It's not a good Ooh, answer. That's dangerous. That's very dangerous because I mean that's that's the death knell to any worship service or any church or any event is, well, we've never done it that way before. I um, also... Like you said, you got to figure out why are we doing the song. And sometimes I find songs that uh, I won't do the whole song. I did a, a song. There was a, there was a group that I absolutely loved all their stuff, and I loved every song that they did, and I loved every line in this song except for one line. And the one line basically, it was just in the bridge, and it was this one that was talking about the intimacy and the friendship of God. But the way that they worded it made it sound like. The line was, tell me your thoughts, what's on your mind. I'll be your friend. You're, you're talking to the creator of the universe, and you're like, hey, God, buddy, do you have a bad day? Tell me all about it. I'm sorry, God of the universe, I understand that you're trying to talk about your relationship. So every other line in the song was fantastic, and I was like, I can't do that part. I love the group, love what they stand for, love what they do, love all the rest of that song. I just can't do that line. And I think it's okay. Um, and one of the things that I, I kind of wanted to talk about was the the new worship wars. So the worship wars back in the 80s and 90s was hymns versus choruses. That's right. And we talked about that a little bit. Um, and kind of kind of rehash one of the things you were talking about, about how you had people that were dug into each camp and trying to cross over. It's, it's interesting. I've lived long enough to see these kind of things take place. And there are churches that they just dig in when it came to that worship war on the style versus the expression of it. And 
let's say as an example, they were a hymn-based church only. That's okay. I'm okay with that. That That's your congregation. That's your body of believers. That's what you agreed with. However, you have somebody that comes in and says, hey, can we do some choruses? Can we do something that's more contemporary? Well, the leadership doesn't really want to do that, but they also feel a little bit of pressure from those that are wanting something new. So your leadership then tries something new. Let's say it's a chorus. Let's say, let's just use a chorus. That's the easiest thing, I guess. But because they don't like it, it's not what they really want to do, so they lead this course badly. <laughs> the timing is off. It's not the way it's or in the in the style of an old hymn, right? So right. they're doing the best they can with what they've got. It's terrible. The people that want the course or the contemporary song are upset because that's not the way it goes. The people that wanted to have the hymns only have fodder for their fire, so to speak, and say, we told you that it wasn't good. So now everybody's upset, so they end up not doing it at all. There are some rich, rich hymns, and we should sing those. There are some great contemporary things, and we should sing those as well. But we really got to be careful with this thing of sabotaging those things when they come in, one school or the other. And we have to really be careful with those that that do that. And it's the same way with contemporary. If you have a church that's fully contemporary, and there's nothing wrong with that, and if you're listening and you're going, I have no idea what you're talking about contemporary because that's all you've ever known— those folks that are hymns only, they will tell you that the things you listen to on the various Christian radio stations is contemporary music. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. So when those individuals that have dug in and it's going to be contemporary only, when they do a hymn, it's not in the classic historical hymn book. They do it with an upbeat. They do it with a, a different meter. They do it with some background. And it's exciting and it's wonderful. And those that want hymns only – are upset because you've messed up my song. I will never forget the time that I went to Honduras and I was leading worship at Mount Carmel in uh, Choluteca, Honduras, right? And it's this, this church and an orphanage and it's like all this really cool stuff and we were leading worship and we were there on Sunday morning and in Honduras you dress up and it's very you know, formal. And uh, it's, it's a really neat experience. And I had my guitar and I was playing uh, Amazing Grace but I did My Chains Are Gone, the uh, Chris Tomlin version, which we talked about last time. And I love it. And he was he, he wrote that for the uh, William Wilberforce movie. Um, was it William? No. What was his name? Yes. Um, okay. I was, for some reason, the Amazing Grace movie. And he was very, he was like, man, how do you, I don't want to mess with a new hymn. And he didn't. He just, you know, added to it. And it was great version. But I didn't realize that the, the timing was different enough. So I let it. But I'm doing it in English, and they know the tune, but they couldn't sing with me because the rhythm was just off enough, and they just stood there and stared at me. I was like, what am I doing wrong? And it was like, you got to do it the way that they're familiar with so you can worship together across that cultural barrier. And I, I, I forgot about that. I was like, I did the song. And like, yeah, but it was the expression was not quite how they can worship because they never heard it before. And I think that's a great example, Matt, because they could not get past the expression. Therefore, they miss the essence. And it's very simple once you see the what I call a train wreck because you got the expression and whatever the expression is getting in the way of the essence. Almost like the expression is a doorway that ushers us, ushers us into the presence of God in the essence of worship. So that's why when I get looking at 
the various kinds of songs and various kind of worship music that we do and stuff to make sure that we stay focused on the essence. The song is perfect, and what you and, and your example I think is exactly right. So take that out of that culture, put that in the American church. You're singing a song. It's not exactly what I'm used to. I know the words, but it doesn't work like that. So I'm not going to sing. Now I'm upset because I'm not singing, even if I didn't sing. Um, and <laughs> I should an, be singing. That's another topic for another day. Yeah, we'll, we'll address that later. But <laughs> but the problem is now I'm upset and yeah. I've missed the essence of worship. And when you leave your church environment that day, you're going to leave and go, worship was not good today. So what about you? What, is there anything that just the essence you, where you've had to get over essence and expression? Well, I would like to say I've got it all together, but... <laughs> I'm going to. Be, we're going to be honest in this podcast. If we're going to do anything, so let me just be honest with everybody up front. And if you want to go ahead and get your hate mail started, that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. Light the torches and get the pitchforks. Got it. Come on. I've had this argument before, and and I'll just say it as as nicely as I can. Um, I do not like. I disdain. Uh, I stay away from. I don't want to say hate because as a Christian I shouldn't hate, but I'm coming up the strongest words I can. <laughs> Loathe. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like Southern gospel music. There, I said it. Um, I know, right? I mean, I just don't like Southern gospel music. And, and, and let me explain why. I've had bad experience, experiences when it comes to the harmonies mm-hmm. and the actions that go with it in the performance part of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll say antics. That's okay. Uh, pie in the sky. It'll be great when I die. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's always about going there, mm-hmm. and it's not about here and now. I grew up in an environment. I'm older than dirt, so I can say this. I remember before there was contemporary Christian music. I remember the very first ones in the Jesus Revolution when those things took place and some of the, the groups that were coming out. Prior to that, all we had was Southern gospel music, hymns, Southern gospel music. Well, I had bad experiences with Southern gospel music because I saw people's lifestyles outside of the stage performance and what they were singing and what they were living didn't match up. And because it didn't match up, I didn't like the music because it was not talking about what I'm dealing with right here, right now. And it really, really bothered me as a teenager. And I'm far removed from being a teenager. And it bothers me to this day. I don't like it. I don't have any downloaded. I don't listen to any. Now, hear my heart. If I'm in my church, and this has happened, and we have a group there, and they're doing Southern gospel music, remember I said it's not about me. It's about him, okay? So here's my, here's my philosophy when it comes to the types of music like that. If the group is there, and the group is singing, and they're praising God, and whatever song they sing, you can tell, I can tell, the spirit of God, the essence is there, even through all this expression that I don't like, it's not my cup of tea, I don't care for it, but all of a sudden, someone's spirit is quenched or, 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 or conviction is, comes in, and, and they are broken. Mm. And, and during the invitation, they come forward, and they say, when they sang this song, God grabbed my heart. My philosophy is, let's sing another one. Now, how can I say that? 
because it's not about me. It's about people crossing over from death to life. And all of a sudden now, because of that expression, it has convicted someone of their sin. Let's do another one. I'm already in the kingdom. I'm already growing. I'm already a child of God. So that doesn't impact me. And I get to celebrate and worship when somebody crosses over from death to life. Why would I not want to celebrate that? Well, they didn't sing the song that I like. It's not about me. We sing a lot of songs in our churches that I may not like. And there could be contemporary songs. It's still not about me. It's about the, it's not the expression. Once again, you got to get to the essence. And when you do that and you realize it's not about you and it's about others connecting with God, it changes how you enter into that worship service. So those of you that got highly offended by the style of music dad doesn't like, go back and listen to what he said after that. Go, go back and listen to it again now that you're done fuming um, from him not liking your style because you could also change that to modern contemporary. You could change that to um, any other type of music that you may not like. It, it still comes down to what is the essence we're we're worshiping the spirit of god i've been in the same place where it's like i can't stand when group x does whatever and i feel like this group does this wrong and i feel like this group done this wrong but if god is moving in people's hearts in people's lives then then that is what we got to focus on that's what matters and like you said a lot of times we walk away from a worship service and we say i didn't like that and and I used to have a response. People are like, well, I didn't really care for worship today. And my response, a little snarky, was always, well, that's okay. We weren't worshiping you anyway. Right. And and it's, yeah, you got to speak the truth in love, I guess. But that was one of the things that used to drive me crazy was when people would be like, well, I didn't like that song. What did you not like about it? Well, the guitar was too loud. No, no, no. You didn't like the song. You didn't. It's not that you didn't like the song. You didn't like the mix. Or you didn't like this. Or you didn't like that. What you're saying is... It's like C.S. Lewis in the Screw Tape Letters. He's like, don't try to re- refute the truth that's being spoken from the stage. Distract with that person's squeaky chair or or that person's lifestyle outside of church, and they're going to miss the truth of the gospel. The enemy's going to work that way. He's 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 he knows he's lost. He knows what the truth is, and for the enemy to stand up and be like, don't listen to this preacher. No, what he's going to do is he's going to try to distract you with, well, I didn't like that song. Yeah. One of the things that I learned from your grandfather for years was that at his church at the time, they did not have drums, and he was raised at a much earlier time than even for me. And he made the comment, he said, when they bring drums into the church, I'm out of here. He said, I am not going to sit and listen to that. He said, that is the drum beats of the tribes. And you know, and he went on and on and on. And he said, that Sunday morning, he came in and there's a set of drums up on stage and he is about to go OFF. And as he's getting ready to get real upset about everything, the Spirit of God said, don't you leave. And Bill said, I don't like drums. And he said, it's not about you, Bill. You need to stay. Bill stayed. He listened. He loved the song. He loved the music. He loved the mix. Everything went well. He stayed. In fact, he started moving from the back of the church yes, to the front did. of the church <laughs> because he didn't want to hear all the people complaining about it in the back. And he was on the drum side. He used to sit like three or four rows back from the drums that he used to detest because he said it's about the next generation. One of the things he read a book one time called who stole my church. Right. And he was ready to be standing up and be like, yeah, that's right. Who stole my church, whatever. And God convicted his heart. And he was in his late sixties, early seventies when he read that one and said, it's not about my church. It's about 
his church and his kingdom. I think what he got to is that he finally got to the point where it's not about him. It's about it's about Jesus. It's about worshiping. It's the essence of worship. And then Bill also learned this too, and I've learned this from him, and I pass that along to even more generations. That is that. I'm already saved. I'm already in the kingdom. What can we do to reach the next generation? Mm-hmm. And if music is one of those things, then we need to let what my my preferences are go to the wayside so that we can reach the next generation. Honestly, if you look at your church and there are no young, young, no young families, no young people, no youth, no college students there, and everyone is 50 or older, that is a slowly dying church. I'm sorry if that offends people, but when this generation leaves, who's going to pick up the mantle? Who's going to pick up the baton and run to the next part? There's no one there to give it to. I can remember at one of the churches when we had a young couple visit. We we were a a church that was struggling. We we gone through some hard things, and there was a young family came in with their uh, the mom, the dad, and their son, and it was almost like we ran a gauntlet to go thank you and and hug them, and we're so glad you're here. We were almost too friendly because <laughs> scared we started, them away. <laughs> yeah, it scared them to death because what's wrong with these people? Well, what was wrong with us was the fact that we finally had somebody in there, and the church made a slow turnaround. In fact, that church grew and grew and grew, and twenty five and thirty years later, that. Church church has expanded and built multiple buildings as well as giving millions of dollars to missions and even starting other churches in the community. And that church was on its way out because it didn't have the next generation. We've got to figure out a way to reach this next generation. And if we don't do it, I guarantee you the culture will. And we as the church have got to be able to do that. And one of the ways that we can reach out and get them is through the expression of music. So to kind of kind of end off, uh, I, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk about the new modern worship wars that I've experienced myself. And um, and again, I, I don't I don't know. This is just something that's been really heavy on my heart over the last six seven years. Uh, we started having the conversations about should we do the songs from that church, right? Fill in the blank that group. And there's been a lot of um, media coverage. There's been a lot of social media, and you see a lot of falls from grace and um, maybe even bizarre theologies. And people have come to me before and say, should we do uh, songs from that church? And um, just to be frank and honest, a lot of the ones that come up in those conversations, uh, in my experience, have been Elevation, Hillsong, um, uh, also uh, Bethel uh, and even um, old Mars Hill stuff, um, which is, you know, that's church is no longer functioning. But and again, I'm not saying anything against those churches. I'm just saying in my experience, that's what people have come to me about. And I really wish they wouldn't come to me because I don't follow the majority of the people that I know, because what I mean is. Um, I actually, I kind of got in trouble because somebody, we were sitting together with uh, several worship leadership and they just sent a text message out and said, hey, some people are upset about this, that we've done this song from this group. Um, What do you think? And my response was, um, God used a talking donkey and a um, pagan uh, sorcerer to bless the nation of Israel. He can use any song he wants. And We had to back up and have a bigger conversation, but my point is, I think that if you just say, I don't like something this church said one time, or I don't like this practice or whatever, we completely remove it. 
before you knew who did that song, if God spoke to you, does that mean that God didn't speak to you? Or I, I knew people that would say, well, I listen to it in my personal worship time, but it's not appropriate for the church. That doesn't make any sense to me. If it's if it's appropriate, God's speaking to you, why can't he speak to others through it? And I, I told people, I said, actually, you don't want to talk to me about this because I had a spiritual revelation to a song by Queen one time. I was mowing my grandfather's yard, and the song Somebody to Love came on in my headphones. And I all of a sudden realized this is a song that the secular world is screaming and the church has the answer and we're not doing anything about it. I feel like the church was saying, you know, like in and Freddie Mercury obviously was not a Christian. Anything but. And he's singing, each morning I get up and die a little, can barely stand on my feet, take a look in the mirror. Lord, what are you doing to me? I spent all of my years to believe in you, but I just can't get no relief. Oh, somebody find me somebody to love. And I just went... That's the world, and they're begging for something, somebody to love. What they don't realize is that it's Jesus that is somebody they need to love, and that does love them. And I had this massive revelation to a song by Queen. And so when people go, well, we don't need to do that because the worship leader of that church had an affair or he preaches the prosperity gospel. I get that. Well, we don't want to get our give our money to that church to use their copyright information. I get that. But if God is using it to speak, why would you say, I'm sorry, not in my church. We can't do that because I don't like it. Well, it's kind of interesting because just using that as an illustration as a youth pastor, I'm always looking at the gospel in anything that I'm looking at. If I watch a movie and I see a clip in a movie, it's like, oh, that is a spiritual analogy. When I see that particular thing, oh, I can use that over here. How many times have we used clips of the of a video clip of the Olympics where that we have the baton passing it off from one to the other. The United States is fast, one of the fastest group outs in the Olympics. We always fail when we try to pass the stinking baton. Is that not a spiritual analogy of the church? If this generation does not pass that off to the next generation, then the church, the church as in an individual church, not the church universal, but the local church will fail because we've not done a good enough job of passing off that baton to the next generation. That's not a Christian thing. That's a secular thing. It is, it is actually created by the gods of Olympia, right? right. Olympus. Uh, so you get all this stuff going on. Sometimes we have to really make a hard choice mm-hmm. of what to do, what to play, what to sing, what to lead with. And sometimes we'll quote, like Paul did, even a secular poet of the day right. in Greece to prove his point when he was talking about the unknown God. What we've got to do is to project and use whatever it takes, this is my opinion, to get us to connect to the Lord Jesus Christ and the essence of worship. The expression is stop stop drawing the line in the sand when it comes to this thing about expression. And we're not saying this is blanket statement for everybody. Correct. I am not standing up and saying, well, you need to do every song by every group at every time in every church. Each church needs to look at their group. If it really is a stopping point, you need to not do it. Um, for a while, at one of the churches I've been part of, we stopped doing certain songs from a certain group for almost two years because there was a lot of offense. And instead of us standing our ground and saying, well, Balaam's donkey, Matt said, we said, you know what, we're going to take a break from this until we can reevaluate and decide, is this something we want to do? And now we do it again, but it we didn't 
blow a trumpet and have fanfare. We didn't draw a ton of attention to it. We just kind of backed that off so we could have private conversations. And I think each individual church, because it can be a huge red flag, and if people are not connecting to the heart of God in the essence because of the choice of who we're using, then we definitely don't need to use it. So don't don't hear us say, oh, if you choose not to do those, you're wrong. No. Each congregation has to decide what the Spirit of God is saying in that group. Um, and, and you're right. It's so funny. You always find the most incredible uh, object lessons. I will never forget seeing it was one of the Transformers. I think it was the first Transformers movie. And I just got done with it. And I text that and I was like, man, I really love that movie. He goes, man, did you listen to the song in the credits? I was like, what? He's like, man, it's such a great ex- expression of the, the gospel and this. And I was like, no, I just watched the movie. He's like, no, you got to listen to the song in the credits. I was like, you find the most incredible points everywhere. Well, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it is it is using what's culturally relevant at that time to speak the gospel and speak the truth out. I, I want to say this when it comes to this whole thing of worship. And, and we just we didn't mention it because I think sometimes these things make sense. We know these things. So just because we don't mention it, please don't think that we're not doing it. Start off with prayer. Always. Seek the Lord. Allow him to teach you, to show you what to sing, what to do, and the direction you want to go. I, I can recall one of my worship leaders over the years and I walked in in his office. I knew what I was going to find when I got there. I had to pick something up at, at the church, and I opened the door, and he was on his knees, had his face buried in a chair, and I could tell by the red marks on his face that he'd been seeking the Lord for a long period of time, and he was seeking the Lord for what songs we needed to sing and how we were going to worship on Sunday. So everything starts with prayer. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Make sure you're going in the right direction and you're looking for the essence of worship. But also, as a congregation, as a church, Know who you are. You don't have to be the the church downtown. You don't have to be this other church. And some some churches are Sunday school-based churches. Nothing wrong with that. That's who you are. That's your identity. There are some churches that are small group, life group churches. That's okay. That's who you are. That's your identity. I'm not saying not blend things together, such as hymns and the other. I'm telling you that we need to seek the Lord. And, and what I've discovered over the years is if you, got a, if you have a church that just does hymns only, and all of a sudden revival shows up in that church, and God breaks through, it's amazing. They'll start singing choruses and contemporary (laughs) songs. If you have a church that does all contemporary and revival shows up, they start going back and pulling out some of the rich hymns of the faith. Why? Because both groups are now looking at the essence and they've got away from the expression. So please understand where I'm coming from. I think that we do what makes sense to make sure that I get into the very essence of worship. And I'll always thank Bill Fort for that sermon because that has been many years ago and it still sticks with me to this day about making sure I not get caught up in the expression over the essence of worship. Well, that's all we're going to uh, talk about today. Thanks for joining us about uh, worship and the expression uh, versus the essence. You know, if you have any questions, uh, please reach out to us. If you have any comments or if there's a topic you want us to cover uh, in future episodes, please email us at info at weberthinking.org. And you can head to weberthinking.org for other episodes and all that stuff. So thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening. Check out wewerethinking.org for more episodes or drop us a note to info at wewerethinking.org.